It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I'm your host, Erin Greger, here today with a very another very special guest. I am with, and I, I need to take a breath so I can say this correctly, because it's such a beautiful name, and I don't want to mess it up, but uh, Carolina Tote, how did I do? That's All right. Yeah, I am Carolina. Oh, the way you say it. I'm Hi. just so like vanilla when I say it. I don't like it. But uh, Carolina, welcome uh, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. So Carolina is the an internal coach and the podcast host of the Level Up Engineering podcast. It's uh, She works for Coding Sands, which is a software development agency. And her podcast, I'm going to read it straight from uh, the description. It's a podcast that reveals actual management secrets from some of today's most successful tech leaders. It's a podcast that brings you key insights from fellow engineering managers, tech leaders uh, that help level up your management skills and take your developer team to the next level. So uh, I can't wait to dig into this because you're technical, which I know a lot of people on the technical side are going to shy away from right on the podcasting. And um, I'd love just to start out for you to tell a little bit about the history of your podcast. So you know, your company, Coding Sands, you guys are getting together talking about content management and kind of walk me through that moment where the podcast came up as an idea. All right. All right. Uh, you need to know, uh, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me here and thank you for the invite. As I said, I'm really honored to be on your show. Um, you need to know a bit of a background about me because I wasn't um, hired for being a podcast host. Um, in my previous role at another tech company, I was um, heading up marketing and HR efforts and, um, and I was spread quite thin to, to be doing all that stuff by myself. I was doing content marketing and I was doing all kinds of HR things. And so I went over to Coding Sense to be more of, um, of, um, community organizer and, um, and to help the company grow and to help organize itself to be more acquainted with the agile ceremonies and, um, and, uh, just to be the person that really cares about the improvement and development of the people. They already had the content marketing team and they were doing really amazing things. And I had the distinct pleasure and luck to be able to just, you know, spit out ideas and have someone listen to me and say, Oh, that's interesting. So I, I kind of just went there and said, why don't you guys do a podcast? It's like the next big thing. And they had already done market search where they found that what development leaders are interested in is to hear how others are doing, because, you know, in the industry, it's not always all like being friendly and sharing, you know, like how is your leadership team doing or what are your top choices for finding out who is going to be your next manager, but they are interested in this stuff. So they were doing interviews already, but they weren't recording them. They were just um, doing uh, blog posts. So, you know, I, I had my own radio show when I was younger here in Hungary, and then I was a production intern when I was in college. So I was always kind of into entertainment and, and like audio entertainment, but 
I never made the leap of becoming a talk show host. So I said, you know, like I would be entirely too happy to be the host of the podcast if we ever did it. And it actually only took a few months for the existing marketing team to kind of jump on my train and say, all right, we shall try it out and see how this goes. Um, so, so it wasn't all strategic in the sense of, you know, like coming up with the business case before we came up with the, with the solution as the podcast, it was more like, I thought it was a great idea. We saw that there wasn't really anybody in the area doing something like this. And Coding Sense is really great about education. We have a really good intern program. We do internal workshops for our developers. So knowledge sharing is really something that we enjoy doing. And we think it's it's important for us to put like Budapest on the technology map. It's there already, but you know, with the podcast, we get a lot more traction. So, so this is how it all started. And I am just entirely too lucky to be involved with the marketing team who will like make it happen with me. I love it. You got to love a company that listens and supports uh, ideas. So I, I think it's awesome. So I want to walk through the content strategy, though. You touched on it a little bit when you were talking about, you know, that, that desire to share content and, you know, be that thought leader in your industry. So if I were to look at what you guys do versus what the podcast talks about, it almost seems like there's a conflict of interest, right? You are a development shop. You're helping companies develop. Yet you're teaching companies how to lead a development team. It's almost like you're, you're empowering the people that you'd want to hire you, uh, and teaching them, you know, how to do that. So I, I know I, I have an idea of your reasoning, but can you describe or, you know, go more in depth about why you wanted to take the show down that path? Um, and how it, probably has helped you tremendously though in getting clients even though you're and you know empowering people to to lead development teams right 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 so um first of all i think we can all agree and i've listened to a couple episodes of your show so i know you will agree that the most important thing is to provide value so if if you are just kind of trying to sell your your services you're probably not going to hit much traction because that is really old strategy. Um, and we also believe in the sense that we aren't always the right choice for every company. So we like to work with people who will, who will come to us and give us the project or, or we'll need a couple of developers or a team um, extending their team. And, and we don't really want to push ourselves onto a project where we don't see ourselves fit or, or where somebody needs different things. So us providing really great tips from, from other engineering leaders, I think kind of helps people, um, understand more of our values for, for continuous growth and, and maybe even continuous 
exploration of ideas. So, so we like to think of ourselves as, as a really fast company, you know, like always trying out new technologies and seeing what's out there and, and figuring out what the new solutions might offer to, to some of the old problems that our clients have. And, and with knowledge sharing, it's the same. Like we are not stingy with, with, um, what we have seen being successful and not working. And, and with that said, my guests are also, thank you to all my guests. My guests are also very open to share their personal stories of growth and how they have become the, the some of them are really great thought leaders who are known in the industry and, and their struggles and what they have done to become who they are. Yeah. I saw some of your guests. You've got some incredible, uh, you've had some incredible people on there. How do you select your guests? I think that's a, a thing a lot of people struggle with. And is there, you know, obviously you're getting some great names. What's the strategy behind determining who you're going to have and then, you know, reaching out to bring them on? Right. Um, basically we looked at who we work with. So there is obviously a business case behind this whole thing. So usually we, we work with um, technology decision makers, right? So they are the ones who will interact with our teams or they are the ones who will interact with our project managers. And so these are the people to whom we want to provide content and with whom we want to help with the, with the value that we give. So they are interested in, learning about other technology leaders, strategies and methods of leading their own teams. And so first we thought, okay, we will invite all of these really great people who lead engineering teams and see what they have to say. So we started with these themes of how do you create a great team? How do you manage remote engineers? How do you create a career ladder? And, um, with that said, I don't know if you know this, but we just started the spin-off because we got some really good feedback and, um, and some of our listeners were interested in, in, uh, exact stories of like how big companies made it, it to the point where they are now. And so we, we just started, um, a new kind of spin-off of the Level Up Engineering podcast called Level Up Engineering Stories, where we will focus on the products that they have made. So we will not um, talk so much about a specific topic of, you know, like giving feedback or performance reviews or anything like that. We will talk about, you know, how is the engineering life at Slack? And I was lucky to interview Michael Lopp, um, or Renz, as you might know him off the internet, um, as the first guest for, for stories. Wow. And he was talking about his experience at Slack and he was the first VP of engineering at Slack. So he had an incredible point of view about how to grow a tech team from, you know, like a really enthusiastic couple dozen engineers to 300 engineers. So, um, first it started with us knowing who our get or, Con consulting partners are or who, who our clients are. And then receiving feedback, we decided to like make this spin off into a whole new thing. And that's what we are starting right now. I love it. So I love the ideas. I love the spin off. I always say podcasts are definitely like that where you get an idea and then you're like, 
now I want to start this one and this one. So there obviously has to be a business case uh, for this, especially since the company would now make a second one, uh, which is really exciting. So how do you all measure this? And I mean, I, I would have to say there's value in and of itself of getting, you know, a hold of people at the top of Slack, et cetera. I mean, just that alone is amazing. But are you all measuring it? And you can give me the answer of no, because I know some companies don't, and that's totally cool. But um, are you measuring it? And how are you measuring it exactly to be able to say, yeah, it's going to be worth it for us to make a second one? Yeah, we. it's the same team who is making the second one. So it's not like an entirely... Um, huge effort because we are not making it parallel. We are kind of making it as we go. And if we can um, have a new guest who is from a great company and wants to talk about the company specifically and is able to talk about the company specifically, then we will make it into a stories episode. Um, otherwise, it's a level up engineering podcast episode and we talk about leadership tricks and tips. Um, but we do use Captivate to look at our um, downloads and to look at our unique listeners. And we are on um, all of the podcasting platforms that you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so on. And so we look at those numbers. And uh, of course, those numbers are, are leading numbers. They are not, you know, like the number of leads that we generate throughout the podcast. Um, and I am lucky to say that we are not like making the podcast's life dependent on the number of leads that we generate. Um, but it's, I think, definitely been easier for our sales to reach out to people and to talk to people, knowing that there is something that they might even know already about Coding Sense. Yeah, it's that ability, you know, we're talking with a, a customer right now and just that ability for people to get to know the team they're hiring, right? I mean, you aren't the only dev shop in the world. And, you know, for people to say, well, I, I'm picking between these three and I can get to know these people a little bit better, just even audio versus written. Do, do, do the sales team, does anyone from the sales team talk about, yeah, uh, you know, they mentioned the podcast or even you had mentioned on this new podcast that people suggested, Hey, can we have these stories? You know, are you getting feedback from listeners, whether it's potential customers or even, you know, current customers, et cetera, like where it's that true feedback that you're actually getting. I have gotten, I, this was really awesome. I have gotten, um, the feedback that, um, that uh, we went out and and when we started to you know like saying that we are coding sense um a potential customer was like i heard about your podcast it's really awesome you know so that was like really good when it came back to me and and it was really you know like warming my heart which sounds all too like romantic when we talk about business but it was a really great feeling and um and I do, I am so lucky. Like I am, of course, like present on all the social media platforms as fancy Carolina, like, share, subscribe guys and gals. Um, but I'm just kidding, but uh, I do, I do get some, some really incredible, uh, you know, just a couple of lines every now and then, you know, like somebody reached out to me and said, um, something along the lines of, um, this is one of my favorite podcasts along like, Tim Ferriss's podcast and, and, um, 
some other things and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, like what an honor to be even mentioned among these people. And then someone said, you know, like, thank you for providing a little bit of inspiration while we are quarantining because, you know, like a lot of our past year and a half has been in quarantine. And that made me like incredibly touched because I love doing the podcast and that it's actually bringing people that kind of an inspiration. That's really awesome. No, it is like before we hit record, I was telling you, you know, sometimes you feel you're excited, you love doing it, but sometimes it can really feel like a black hole, right? Like you're talking and and you can see the numbers, you know, people are listening or they're at least downloading. But to, to get that feedback, it really does. It can mean the world. And just when you're like, oh, I, you, you kind of get it in your head that just your mom and maybe your family, a couple family members are listening, right? But to know that it's, it's going beyond that really, it really makes it special. Um, can you talk about video too? Cause you guys do do a video component to it versus just audio. Can you talk about the reasons behind that? And, um, you know, what, what you feel video has been able to offer outside of just an audio podcast? Yes. And I, I, I do have to talk about me again for a little bit, but, um, I had, I had, um, you know, like I am promoting the podcast yeah. all the time because I'm like, this is like so cool. And I think my guests are really awesome. So, Somebody tells me, you know, like they are struggling with something. And I'm like, you know what? I actually just recorded an episode exactly about this. You should give it a listen. And I have gotten from some of my friends the feedback that, you know, like, sorry, I only do video content. Like I can't just sit still and listen to someone. And, you know, like my mind wanders. And I'm like, the point of podcast is to be able to listen to something valuable while you are commuting to work. But of course, like we stopped commuting to work for a while. And, um, and I have been, you know, like really intrigued by video content because that's like where the world is going. Um, and so these two like data points made me think, you know, like, why don't we do a video? And when I pitched the idea to the marketing team, they were obviously like, maybe a little bit annoyed by like, okay, Carolina is like coming up with something new again, like we just settled in, like having this podcast, we are not going to do a video. It's like too much work and we don't want to do it. And then perhaps I can call myself a little assertive <laughs> when it comes to things that I think are good ideas, yeah. you know? And um, so we kind of decided like how this is going to go and, and just to give it a pilot shot, you know, we decided... Let's do six episodes of video and see how it does and see whether or not we see any kind of difference. We are not currently promoting any of our video content anywhere, but we are putting it out there. And um, the number of our subscribers has definitely um, increased since we do video content. So that's been the positive sign that we were looking for. And some of our guests are really appreciative of having the video content as well because they like it better as well so for now we decided to to keep it um just as another source of information for people who might prefer it over only audio yeah i love it um i think video i uh, i always say covid changed everything for video video was kind of a nice to have pre-covid right pre-quarantine now 
it's not that you have to have it, but it's, it's definitely more popular. We, we saw a huge increase in that. What other strategies changed for you? Like you're 45 episodes in from the, we started it with the intention of doing this. We did it this way. Obviously videos evolved. Anything else that's changed in, um, in how you create it or even how you promote the podcast? Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the first things that changed when we, when we started seeing some, some good numbers in listening was that we, we started inviting bigger names to, to the show, you know, like we, we kind of got braver in the sense that, um, Okay, so now people are actually interested. We should put ourselves out there and try to bring them some people who they really want to listen to. So that's another thing. Like some people reached out to me and said, you know, like, I think you should have this person or that person. I would be really interested to hear about their story. And um, and some of those people actually came on the show and that was really awesome. Um, what else? Well, for me, one thing that's definitely changed, uh, I think my first guest at home, you know, like the first time you brought your, your microphone and your light and everything home. Um, well, then did, we didn't do video so that I didn't bring the lights home, but since then I have lights. Um, then I first took the microphone home and I recorded the first episode at home. That was like kind of strange and cathartic at the same time. Cause it was like, I don't know if you know him, but Uncle Bob, who is uh -uh. like a huge name in IT, he is known for clean code and and um, promoting it throughout his life. Okay, um, and like I've known him since I started working in IT, which was like seven years ago. So I was like, "Oh my God, Uncle Bob is in my living room!" That's like, awesome. Can you believe this? So that was the first time I said, "Do you mind if we take a selfie?" And so ever since then, I take a selfie with every one of my guests and like some of the people who follow me on social media are like, this is awesome. Like we get to see behind the scenes and sometimes, you know, they see who the next guest is going to be a couple of weeks beforehand. So it kind of creates a little bit of excitement for, for all of us. Yeah. I love it. That's a great idea. And I've learned, I've done a lot. Of, so I'm at my home office right now too. I'll tell you the secret of the home recording I don't know what you all have going on in your house, but I always have the mute button. When the guest is talking, I'm always on mute just because I've got dogs, I've got kids. You never know what's about to happen in my house. So uh, that's always been the key for me. I want to dig in though on the bigger guests because this it's terrifying, right? To reach out to some of these names. And I know the worst you can hear is no, blah, 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 but it's still terrifying. And it's not like you can just... Sometimes you can, but reaching them can be a little more difficult. It's not like you can just pick up the phone and, you know, give them a call or shoot a direct email. So have, has there been something that you found has worked really well in how you approach some of these big name people in getting them to come on? I want to say that there is like a really elaborate strategy behind it, but there is not, I I'm, I'm serious. It's like, um, our head of marketing writes an email with his hands. It's not like, you know, like somebody, somebody's assistant or anything like that. He's the one who does the outreach. We talk about who the guests might be or who, who might be good fits for, for the podcast. 
And he is the one who writes the outreach email. And it's just a really honest email, you know, like we are coding sense. We do this podcast. We think you would be awesome as a guest. So if you have the time and energy, we would love to have you. And then some people will say, you know, like, I'm not going to come to your podcast. And we say, okay, that's fine. And then, and some people are like, that's awesome. Let's do it. You know, and we, we find the topic and we find the time. Simple as asking. I love it though. Cause a lot of people, they won't even ask. Like it's, do you ever get intros or are you just like looking up an email and just emailing directly? Is that how you're? Yeah, we, we, we look for the email addresses or, or some kind of a connection and then, and then we reach out to them. Some of my guests have been kind enough to offer to put me in touch with some of their friends, Ooh, great. which has been incredible. Um, but that's basically it. Yeah, that, that's a great tip though, too. I don't think, and I don't do it enough, to be honest with you, is asking your current guests, like, Hey, do you have anybody you know? who would also be a good guest or, I mean, just again, simple, simple, simple things. It's not rocket science or, you know, anything that costs a lot of money. It's just about asking though. Any other tips or tricks you have in, in creating this podcast? Because I'm going to bet there's people listening and, you know, even trying to sell the podcast to their company that they're working for and being able to. Any tips or tricks you have for those people who are, you know, trying to put that right sales pitch together to their, C-suite, C-suite team and being able to sell the, the podcast idea to them. And, and to your point of persistence, that persistence that really paid off in, in several ways for you on this. Right. I think it really helps if you work for like really agile, open-minded companies. Um, and I'm damn lucky that Coding Sense is one of those companies. So they we, I want to say we, we are always open to new ideas. Our entire culture is based around the company itself. So we have open spaces and all hands meetings. And so we really make a point of welcoming every single employee into creating the company itself. And so I am lucky to be in such a company where if you have good ideas, they are listened to. Um, with that said, sometimes, sometimes I can feel that I am a bit outside of people's comfort zones because I, I really live by, you know, the thinking, you know, like the worst thing you can do is not try because then you're definitely not going to succeed. And so, so sometimes I have to be persistent and I think I only give my name to things that I can truly be enthusiastic about. So I've, I, I'm not going to pursue things that I don't really believe are good ideas. And the podcast was in my head was like definitely a win, no matter what we do with it. The worst thing we can do is not try it. And so, so it took a few months to like get everybody on the same page, but it's been two years. And I think we can definitely say that it's been a success for, for the, the company, the marketing team. I love doing it. So, so I'm really glad we did it. And I think I can speak for our team and say, we are all happy that we did it. Well, I love it. It's a great story, you know, and it goes to show, I think this is one of the most important perspectives 
you don't have to have massive numbers for the podcast to have a big impact on your business. And, you know, you're getting clients from it. People are, you're getting to be that top of mind and, and then you're getting to be top of mind too in, in other companies that could be huge connections for you. So I love it. So if somebody wanted to go find uh, the Level Up Engineering podcast, where would be the best place for them to go? Definitely go to our website, codingsense.com, because if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will get the new episodes two weeks prior to everybody else getting them. That's a so great tip. We do an early we do an early release to our subscribers, which has been a big hit and uh, and people really like it. So go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. And um, and since we don't really promote YouTube, you should subscribe to our YouTube channel because then you will see all the living rooms that I have attended uh, recording with my guests. I love it. How are you doing that private? Are you hosting it privately to your... And then you open it up two weeks later. I, that's a great tip. That's a really great tip. Yeah. Okay. Um, so all of that too is going to be on our notes page over at AaronGregor.com. So uh, Carolina, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate you being here. I love the story. I love the persistence. Never apologize for being persistent. I definitely or, or uh, believing in something and pushing your way for that. So uh, thank you so much again for being here. And uh I wish you all the continued success. Thank you for having me and thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Bye.